Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for October the 2nd of 2019. Of course, for those that are brand new to the show, my name is Samuel Adams, and five days a week, Monday through Friday, I bring you the hottest gaming news that you need to know right here on the Jam Pack Report. You can find the show on youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or a podcast service near you. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another service, you can probably find the show there. But what are we going to be talking about today? Destiny 2, of course, had a massive day yesterday with its official relaunch as a Steam game on PC. And on top of that, you also saw the release of the expansion Shadowkeep and the free-to-play version of the game New Light. And all of these things together brought a pretty big number of players back to the game. In fact, it has broken some records on Steam, so we will talk more about that. Fortnite US July revenues are down 52% year over year, but have no fear that's not the only BR not doing so well. So what does this mean for the industry going forward? Then we talk more about the brand new price of PlayStation Now, which is much more affordable and does act as a direct competitor to Xbox Game Pass. Sony's PlayStation 4 crossplay program has apparently moved out of its beta, moving into the full release, which is very exciting for those that like multiplayer games, but not necessarily playing with people on the same platform. Then the Fallout Legacy Collection has been leaked on an Amazon listing, could be coming later this month. I'll break down what you'll get in that. And finally, the new Xbox Game Pass games for October of 2019 have been announced. And at least we'll get a look at what could be coming over the coming weeks, and more will be announced. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. In one hour, Destiny 2 matched Warframe's all-time peak player count on Steam. Now, there were multiple articles that I could have gone with, but I think this really highlights the significance of the D2 concurrent player count. Destiny 2 is now out on Steam, and while that transition means many different things, for now, it means we can actually track how many players are in-game on the PC version. The numbers are quite high, and while that's unsurprising given that D2 has also gone free-to-play, the game is also already beating out its closest genre competitors, and that's on top of Shadowkeep sales bringing it to the top of those Steam charts as well. As of this update, Destiny 2 has reached 214,100 players, just a handful of hours after its launch on Steam. That is the 14th highest Steam player count of all time, as SteamDB shows, sandwiched right between For Honor and No Man's Sky. In the intensely specific subgenre of free-to-play sci-fi loot shooters with seemingly impenetrable lore, that puts D2 substantially ahead of Warframe. Warframe's all-time player count peak sits at 131,766, which D2 surpassed in the space of one hour following its release, though it should be noted that Warframe is also available without Steam. Either way, that's no dig on Warframe, which is a wonderful, lovingly crafted title on its own right, but all your dead game jokes about Destiny continue to be wildly off the mark. Back in June, around the Shadowkeep announcement, D2 started regularly seeing more than 1 million daily active players combined across Xbox One, PS4, and PC. The total daily population for June 16th was 1.01 million, with 963,000 players in PvE, 472,000 in Crucible, 319,000 in Gambit, and 139,000 rating. Obviously, some players hopped into multiple activity types, but the data comes from the Charlemagne bot via Pyro Gaming. 
More broadly, we know that Destiny encompassed around 6 million monthly active users by the end of 2018, just before Bungie bought back the rights to the series and split with Activision. The publisher reported in recent financial results a loss of 12 million monthly active users over the previous quarter, and around half of that number is accounted for by the loss of the series. The company had 345 million monthly active users in Q1, COO Collister Johnson said in a conference call, as noted by VGC. Activision monthly active users were 41 million, with around half of the quarterly sequential decline due to the exclusion of Destiny monthly active users. These numbers cover the game across all of its platforms, and note that Johnson appears to be talking about Destiny as a whole, not just Destiny 2. While most players have likely moved on to the sequel, lingering frustrations about D2's launch and the sheer volume of platforms the original was released on likely mean there is still a respectable player base there. Indeed, I saw reports of people complaining about an issue they had in D1 over the weekend on the Xbox 360. They're still playing that. We noted back in September, they say at PC Games N after Forsaken's launch, the Destiny Tracker daily user count reported 1.3 million Crucible players and 2.6 million PvE. Though the website pulled down its daily population tracker in favor of only showing concurrent numbers on the front page, we can still track Forsaken's effect through the Wayback Machine. The last previous copy of Destiny Tracker's front page comes from August the 28th with a count of 462,000 Crucible players and 767,000 PvE players. Lots of numbers in that breakdown. But again, the headline really says it all. In one hour, Destiny 2 matched Warframe's all-time peak player count on Steam and then surpassed that. Now, it's worth noting there is a big surge in popularity on the day of release. That's just how any kind of game goes. So take this with a grain of salt. It very well could trickle back down over the coming weeks, which it likely will. But it's still worth mentioning that over 200,000 concurrent players is a significant step in the right direction for the PC community when it comes to Destiny 2. Of course, the game was previously on Battle.net, has since been taken off after the split with Activision, now up on Steam, and that is going to be a much more player-friendly way to get into the game. Because, quite frankly, Steam has a larger user base, and if that's where they chose to bring the game, then I think it's a pretty good move. But 200,000 plus players means that the PC community on Destiny 2 is without a doubt going to be thriving in the coming years, and as more and more content rolls out, instead of it being primarily, in my opinion, considered to be a console game, a console-centric game, uh, you'll be seeing a lot more focus on the PC community, and I think that's probably a great thing moving forward, as more and more people are playing on PC, but on top of that, uh, not a lack of focus on the console version of the game either. Of course, there are going to be plenty of people playing on that for years and years to come, but without a doubt, exciting times for the team behind, of course, the big, big MMO, I think they're calling it now, uh, looter shooter that is Destiny 2. However, this game going up, Fortnite apparently going down. Fortnite still represents the gold standard for success in online battle royale games, but 2019 shows it on a downward trajectory, according to a report by U.S. market tracking firm Edison Trends. Edison, which bases its research on emailed receipts sent to millions of U.S. customers who are a part of its data panel, released a report today comparing two years of revenue generated by a quartet of successful games with battle royale components, including Fortnite, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Apex Legends, and 
and PUBG. Unsurprisingly, the company found Fortnite has been tremendously successful over the past two years, with its monthly revenues almost entirely unchallenged by any of the other games outside of Black Ops 4's launch month surge in October of 2018. However, Edison's research also showed a downward trend for Fortnite this year, with the game ending July down nearly 75% from its December 2018 peak and down 52% compared to the previous year's July. The firm also looked at specifically what consumers were spending their money on. In the free-to-play Apex Legends and Fortnite, the answer was overwhelmingly virtual currency. V-Bucks accounted for 83% of the money spent in Fortnite, while Apex Coins made up 96% of Apex Legends spending. The remaining amounts in each game were made up of packs, and in Fortnite's case, bundles and other offerings. For PUBG and Call of Duty, the game itself accounted for most of the money brought in. PUBG's sticker price accounted for 94% of the revenue, while G-Coins, 4% and PAX 3% made up the rest. Black Ops 4 was a little more diversified, with the game itself accounting for 69% of revenues. Nice. With other 19% from COD points, 4% from Black Ops passes, and 8% from other add-on content. Finally, Edison tracked consumer loyalty, seeing how many players who purchased something in-game in June made another purchase in July. Apex Legends had the strongest performance by that measure, with 62% of June spenders spending again in July, and it's worth noting this particular measurement may have been particularly flattering to Apex Legends as developer Respawn updates less frequently than something like Fortnite and launched its big Season 2 update on July the 2nd. The remaining games supported repeat customer rates in July, ranging from 49% to 38%. And of course, Fortnite is the leader of that second-tier pack. Uh, but the fact of the matter is... It looks like Battle Royale might be on a downward trend. Of course, Fortnite is the big dog out there, so a lot of people are going to be focusing on those numbers specifically. But with that being said, 52% year-over-year is a significant drop, especially considering that's at the peak of July, when many kids are out of school, many kids playing Fortnite for hours and hours a day while their parents are at work. That is a pretty big deal, in my opinion. And so going into the next generation, how is this going to shape how the consumer portrays uh, or sees the world of Battle Royale? Will we be seeing more BR games released, or is this the beginning of the end for the trend that absolutely took over the world? Uh, I personally believe that Battle Royale will never go away. Fortnite is going to become the next Minecraft if it has not already. It will be around for years and years to come. But it is worth considering uh, where this will take the industry overall. Will future Call of Duty games have a Battle Royale mode? Of course, nothing confirmed for Modern Warfare, aside from Ground War, which is more like a big TDM from Battlefield or something along those lines. Uh, but what does the future hold for Battle Royale? I don't know right now. It looks like, according to the numbers, might not be doing as well as it was just a few years ago. However, if you don't want to play Battle Royale games, PlayStation Now has you hooked up and now it's more affordable than ever. Because the PlayStation Now prices have been permanently dropped worldwide and the game rotation is going to add new blockbusters every month. PlayStation Now just became a much more tempting proposition. Sony's oft-overlooked subscription service started out as a streaming platform for PS3 games, but last year it added full PS4 title downloads to its arsenal, with new games being added monthly. It's a pretty solid service, but for many, the pricing structure has always been a little steep. The big news today, then, is that subscription prices are being permanently slashed across the board. For example, it's going from $19.99 monthly to $9.99 in North America, which is a significant price drop. You can now find the new pricing structure below, which applies starting October the 1st. U.S. $9.99 monthly, 
$24.99 quarterly or $59.99 yearly. And of course, that essentially slices the prices in basically half, which is very, very impressive. What's more, highly rated blockbuster games will now be added to the service and rotated on a regular basis. Again, starting today, God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, and Infamous Second Son are all up for grabs, while additional blockbusters will be added monthly. As hinted, though, these titles will only be available for a limited time. The aforementioned first wave will leave PlayStation Now in three months on the 2nd of January of 2020. It's certainly an interesting restructure, and it makes it seem as though Sony is starting to push back against Game Pass and make PlayStation Now harder than ever to deny. PlayStation Network Vice President Grace Chen reckons these updates will take PS Now to the next level. What do you make of this, they ask at, of course, Push Square. This is a phenomenal move, and I've been wanting them to do this for a very long time. In fact, I bring it up on Twitter pretty often. Uh, Game Pass is the best deal in gaming. In fact, we'll talk more about the games that are coming and the new features being added to Game Pass towards the end of this show. But without a doubt, it is the standout feature of the Xbox One console, and I would say one of the standout features of the Xbox games lineup between console and PC. Uh, to be able to play a monthly, excuse me, pay a monthly fee to play uh, tons of the biggest games coming out some day and date alongside their street releases. Uh, that is a phenomenal subscription service to have. In fact, I went out and got an Xbox One X to use the Game Pass subscription service for the rest of this generation because the majority of the games that I want to play are cross-platform and many of them are going to be released on Game Pass uh, relatively soon. In fact, this month you have The Outer Worlds, which I cannot wait to play, available via Game Pass. Great deal. Great move. Can't wait to dive into it. And now I can. That's what makes this so exciting. But without a doubt, I think the PlayStation Now certainly would have a big piece of the market share if this does continue to grow and evolve. And I would say that a rebrand might be in the works because, of course, PlayStation Now right now still has that kind of uh, stale taste in a lot of people's mouths. People understand what PlayStation Now is, but for many, it's the overpriced streaming platform that PlayStation put out. To be able to rebrand to something pass-related, I think, would be a pretty good move. But without a doubt, if they even stick with this branding, the value brought by being able to play some of the hottest games. In fact, if Sony really went the extra step and released games uh, on PlayStation Now alongside the storefront releases, such as whenever The Last of Us 2 comes out, if they put that out on PlayStation now day one, you have got thousands and thousands of subscribers immediately. And I wonder if they'll end up doing that. Worth considering, but of course, nothing confirmed as of right now. However, it is a move in the right direction, PlayStation Now certainly becoming a much more promising service as compared to where it was just a few short years ago. But then again, streaming has become a much bigger part, and now you can actually download the games from PlayStation Now. So, you know, that does add a good bit of value uh, to the overall proposition. However, if you do have a game you like on PlayStation Now, and it's a multiplayer game that you want to play with friends online on the Xbox, it looks like it's going to be easier than ever to do that going forward, because Sony's PS4 crossplay program has reportedly moved out of beta. Sony has been criticized for its tough stance on cross-console compatibility, initially giving developers and players looking for the functionality a hard no. Of course, more recently, the platform holder has softened on the issue. Last year, the company announced a major policy change with regards to crossplay, stating it will be trialing the service in beta form with Fortnite. Over the last 12 months or so, this beta has remained in place, as far as we know, and a handful of other games have been allowed to bring crossplay to the PS4. 
Now, it seems that Sony's beta stage of crossplay is officially over. A new report from Wired says PS4's crossplay beta has come to an end. Quote, while it's not announcing the news explicitly, the PS4's crossplay efforts have officially moved out of the beta stage, meaning that the console can support crossplay on any titles that studios provide the functionality for, it reads. This month's Call of Duty Modern Warfare may be the first major title to take advantage of it at launch, and likely won't be the last. So, after an extensive beta, it sounds like crossplay is now all systems go on the PS4, and hopefully that means all the games that want to include the functionality are now able to do so, and perhaps our list of compatible titles won't look quite so barren in the future, they say at Push Square. Yes. Thank God it's finally time. Growing up, and I've said this before and I'll always say it again, I made console purchase decisions based on where my friends were playing. Whether or not the console was better, whether or not the exclusives were what I was looking for, I played where my friends played. Now, that's not really so much of an issue. Of course, going forward becoming less and less of an issue, since many of the games still have that exclusivity kind of feature going on, but regardless, very exciting to see that Sony is finally releasing the feature from beta and allowing it to be used in every game going forward if this report is to be believed. I think that going into the next generation, that's when you're really going to be seeing this kind of tech take place. Uh, but to have the foundation laid down for the PlayStation 4 to be the uh, transitional generation for crossplay, I think is a phenomenal piece of the puzzle that is going to get gamers closer together than ever, allowing anybody to play wherever they would like. But crossplay working phenomenally so far. I played uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare's beta on the Xbox One with people on PC and PS4. Couldn't even tell. It was fantastic as long as it is executed properly. And what I mean by that is assure the player that they are going to be playing with people using the exact same peripheral. So if you're playing on a controller on console, play with a controller on PC, etc, etc. Uh, but with that fact to the side, very exciting to see that they are in fact moving forward with crossplay, and it's happening. Yes. However, the Fallout Legacy Collection could be coming, so you might not have to worry about multiplayer regardless. So, let's dive into it. Judging by a listing on Amazon Germany, a collection of every Fallout game ever made, except Fallout 76, will release on October the 25th. That is a lot of game. It includes Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and Fallout 4, in addition to all of the associated DLC. That's a lot of instances of Fallout in a sentence. Bethesda has not officially announced the package, and while Amazon tends to be fairly reliable, there is still a chance it's not real. But if it is real, it's a damn good value. The German price is 40 euros, which translates roughly to $44. Considering Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition alone is currently $60 on Steam, it will be a great way to get all of the games. Of course, most people probably have these games, and they very often have obtainable prices. The most interesting thing about the package is the least relevant to us. The product description seems to suggest that all Fallout games previous to Fallout 4 will come to current-gen consoles. Quote, the Google Translate. The full collection of award-winning single-player games in the series return to Oddland with the Fallout 4 Game of the Year edition. It contains all of the gameplay updates, graphic enhancements, the ability to download and play free mods on PCs and consoles, and all six official extensions. Welcome back to New Vegas. With Ultimate Edition, Bethesda Softworks is putting together the complete Fallout New Vegas package. The main game with the four editions, Dead Money, Honest Hearts, Old World Blues, and Lonesome Road, will immerse you even deeper into the world of New Vegas. And so, the listing box is below. There you have it, the Fallout Legacy Collection is looking pretty good. Now, 
Is this real? I would say potentially. This is pretty generic box art. I believe this was used for Fallout 4, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong about that one. But regardless, uh, it looks to be a pretty easy to replicate, although legitimate looking way to frame the box, to frame the art. But the big question is, will the older games actually come to the new consoles? And it looks like they very well could, which would be a fantastic move because a lot of people have not played the older Fallout games. Uh, I know that for me, Fallout 4 was my first Fallout game. I had dabbled in Fallout 3 on the PS3 years before, but I had never really gotten into it. Now, to be able to go back and play these games, I think would be a fantastic opportunity for a ton of people, and you might be able to do it. Now, no release date was mentioned in the article, Although the price point, $44, very, very good deal. Uh, I would be very shocked if that was the case. This feels like a full $60 release if it is going to be real. Because quite frankly, you can. You can charge $60 for this. That's a lot of game. Make no mistake. Hopefully $44 will be the price point, but I suppose we will have to wait and see until later in the month. And I'll let you guys know when this one actually does release, if ever indeed. But speaking of Fallout New Vegas, guess what's coming to Xbox Game Pass for October of 2019? A new month has arrived, and that means a new round of games are coming to Xbox Game Pass. Microsoft has announced a new handful of titles being added to its subscription service on Xbox One in October, and they include some great releases. First, Arkane's acclaimed stealth game Dishonored 2 joins the Game Pass lineup on October the 3rd. The following week, October the 10th, brings two more titles, the third-person zombie shooter World War Z and the retro-style 3D platformer Ukulele. Three more games are being added to the service on October the 17th. The first is the charming Felix the Reaper, which joins the Game Pass library the day it launches. Rounding out that day's editions are two backwards-compatible titles, Fallout New Vegas and the original Xbox classic Panzer Dragoon Orta. These are not the only games coming to Game Pass this month. The Outer Worlds, the new sci-fi RPG from Fallout New Vegas dev Obsidian, is also joining the service on both console and PC the day it launches, October the 25th, and there may yet be more Game Pass games announced partway through the month. In the meantime, you can read more about October's new Game Pass games on the official Xbox website. So again, October the 3rd, you get Dishonored 2. October the 10th includes World War Z and Ukulele. The 17th includes Felix the Reaper, Fallout New Vegas, and Penzer Dragoon Orta. And October the 25th has The Outer Worlds, releasing on console as well as PC via Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Again, phenomenal deal. Think about the value you have here. Even if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you get every game on console and Game Pass, every game on PC and Game Pass, and you get Xbox Live. And on top of that, as of the beginning of October, you do get Spotify Premium for six months if you sign up for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Uh, that is a beastly deal. And I mean that literally. It is just a beast of a deal. Uh, and so I am very fond of where Microsoft has taken the subscription service. That's why I want PlayStation to take the ball and run with it, because I know they could do very well as well. Uh, but without a doubt, if you have an Xbox, if you have a PC, consider Game Pass, because you get so much bang for your buck. I'm not sponsored. I don't have a hashtag ad in this podcast. I'm just saying it is a phenomenal deal, especially considering the quality of the games you are actually going to be getting. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. Of course, if you are brand new to the show, be sure to subscribe if you enjoyed what I bring to the table. And on top of that, hit the follow button on a podcast feed or follow me on Twitter at Pretty Chill Guy to stay up to date and informed on every piece of gaming news. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of your day. I will talk to you soon and peace.